0: their prints. Moths, ghosts. My house is full of them. I live with waves of silence, but their lives roar enormous through my rooms, hung on walls, stuffed in bookcases, leaking from wounded suitcases tied with string. It rained last night and the dead came down with the drops. Together where the land is flat and windblow. The quiet stores their smiles. I press my finger where theirs have been. Thread words to tumble them back. All talking, arguing.
1: Hello and welcome to Poetry Non-Stop. I'm Patrick Weddis, and you just heard today's guest Sally Festing reading the opening poem from her latest poetry collection, My Darling Derry It's a collection written in response to an archive of her father's letters and diaries which she inherited twenty years after his death. Her father, Derek Richter, was a renowned neuroscientist who was motivated to establish the Mental Health Foundation after his sister and brother both suffered from severe mental illness. Sally uses the extensive collection of letters and diaries To vividly capture the lives of her relatives, some of whom she never met. I asked her how she came into possession of the archive. It was after my father's
0: second wife died, uh, 20 years after my father died actually, and I had this enormous archive of letters and diaries. He wrote a diary from the time he was at Oundle, when he was a schoolboy, to the year before he died, nearly 90, so lots of diaries and also consultants' notes from hospital. I was knew there was something odd about his brother and sister, but I didn't know that they were both in mental hospitals when I was young. It was a secret, really, and I think probably he didn't want to burden us with the knowledge because at that time it was much frowned upon and there was a terrific stigma attached to mental health and of course both his sister and his brother became schizophrenic at which point he completely changed his life and became a neuropsychiatrist and started the Mental Health Foundation Mm. and it's now the 70th anniversary so 70 years since he wrote in his diary that he'd started the foundation.
1: So how much did you know about his work growing up? Everything
0: comes in little bits. I did know that they'd become schizophrenic, but I had no idea. It didn't give me real insight until I had this archive, and that was the really interesting thing, because I knew then that that if you look at a whole situation from, as it were, a distance. You can see things gradually going wrong and you know very well that there are people walking around in this world who are sensitive and who are potentially um, unbalanced, but it takes something to tip them over. And if things like stress, uh, as well as drugs, tip them into ill health, they sometimes become chronically schizophrenic. And I... I didn't realise the stress that it must have put on my father to have all these letters from his mother when he was still at school because she really told him exactly what was happening to his sister and it was, I think it must have been absolutely terrible. It it, it haunted him, obviously, for the rest of his life. He never really felt free until he'd made people realise that they needed to understand mental health and and a lot of things that he sort of put his finger on have now been proven. But it was a long battle for him to put it on the map and to get people from internationally interested in the subject.
1: And, And did you know the sister yourself?
0: No, I didn't know... I didn't know her. Um, She died in a mental hospital when I was um, just sort of through my teens. I did meet his brother, who didn't become schizophrenic until he was middle-aged. But I I can't actually remember meeting him because I was very small at the time. Um, By the time his brother became schizophrenic, he had a huge Mm. job. My grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a cabinet maker, a bath cabinet makers he founded. In the twenties, it was the second biggest furniture making firm in the UK. And then Ben, his son, took over the firm. He was actually offered a, a scholarship at Oxford to go on and study there, but he didn't. He his his makeup was to want a fast car and a big house and a big family. And he, he went straight into business. He, he, he wanted to earn a lot of money. But during the war, furniture building or furniture making was in a very difficult straits, And he was trying to run the firm and doing night duty, fire duty at night, and the bombs were falling all around him. But it was just too much, actually. And he started behaving in an odd way. Ernie, my aunt, was always a sensitive child. She was very fond of poetry and she was very good at art. But I, I didn't know her. I have some of her paintings. And um, that first poem talks about all the um, furniture and paintings and books that I have from my family. I'll, shall I read a letter that her mother wrote to my aunt when she was quite young. She was at boarding school. A message from Frances to her daughter, Ernie, 1916. My darling little girl, are you better and getting to lessons? I hope to come and see you, but have been very unwell. Derry and I gathered a huge bunch of orchids and cowslips from the field, We spotted a weasel by the hedge And the nesting birds in the front garden Can nearly fly All our hens have chicks Two under the fowl house Three darkish ones in the old cock's home And four nearby White as cotton wool Much love to you dear child I think of you very often And want my little girl To grow up strong and well Your loving mother It's rather a sad Letter.
1: Mm. In, how, how close is it to the original letter?
0: Yes, very, very close indeed. There are a third of the poems in my book are letter poems, and they're taken from a whole number. Each one comes from many, many letters because I have this archive—probably a couple of hundred letters. They're amazing. They never stopped writing and never threw anything away. But, um, I was very, very careful not I, I felt that I mustn't introduce my own words into their letters that the book doesn 't actually say this, and I think that was my my mistake. I think I should have made it clear actually another thing i haven 't said was that the name of my book is my darling Derry, and that 's actually my father his, they, his mother called him Derry, and so did his family when they when they were young and It's her words, my darling Derry, not my words,
1: that are on the the cover of the book, which is also rather important. So what uh, prompted you to start researching this material after 20 years?
0: That's an interesting question. I, I, I couldn't not start reading the letters and did find them painful because it showed me what was happening and it actually made me think that if only one could see one's own life with quite such clarity, one wouldn't make mistakes or quite so many mistakes. Um, Because you could see that my grandmother never should have been away from home uh, and left the children with their very hard-working father. She left Irene, to sort of when she was Ione was at art school. She left her to look after the house and go to art school at the same time. And when my grandfather came home from work, he too painted. In fact, he had work in the Royal Academy Summer Exhibition. Um, he wasn't only uh, a cabinet maker, and he'd come home late and tired from work, and he'd try and help Irene with her work. And she took it as criticism and she absolutely hated it. I've got a poem about her complaining because she, she would confide in her younger brother, who is my father. So, Ione confides to her younger brother, Derek. Shall I read a little bit of it? At the academy, I try to paint the rhyming shapes and patterns of the sky. Father comes home and wants to help, but why does he criticise? It isn't meant to hurt. Derry, what can I do? The birds make scales and set off an alarm. It splits my head. I burn and belt it in, then come to you. My fingers fumble the piano. It's a strain. The servants leave early when mother's away. Father makes his worries mine. I hear him say, oh dear, milk pudding again. I mustn't worry, mother. Sometimes death seems the only way to solve the problem. How to fly? Will she hear my voice shut altogether? Soon after that, Ione was obviously unhappy at home, so her father, my grandfather, sent her to a course with a a very well-known tutor called Leonard Richmond, you can look him up on the web, and he took her to France, and she fell in love with him, she was actually quite naive, and when he asked her to go to Paris with him, she actually said that she didn't really understand what it meant, very different from today, and she went to Paris with him, it was that highlight of her life, and his wife, from whom he was estranged, discovered and got in touch with her father, who came down on her like a ton of bricks, and that was too much for Ernie. She went to St Ives where she'd been with Leonard Richmond, and she jumped from a high cliff, and she fell into the sea and was hauled out, and then a schizophrenic trauma developed. I've I've got a, a poem about her and her tutor and his tutor your painting is better than mine he said and his words reached out and felt like love he believed in her strength where it might lead and his words make music and music moves his words reached out and felt like love come to Paris with me he said his words made music and music moves so they shared a bed Come to Paris with me, he said. If a voice hadn't hissed adultery, they'd have stayed together, shared a bed. But afterwards, she could only cry. If a voice hadn't whispered adultery, she'd believe in her strength and where it led. But after, she could only cry. Your painting is better than mine,
1: he said. So um, you've been getting to know these people who you never really met, um, what about your father, who you presumably knew well?
0: Yes, um, but not this part of him, we haven't talked at all about his brother, who of course went schizophrenic right towards the end of his life, when, um, when I was a teenager. And um, shortly after that, my parents split up and he married another woman. It did make me understand how how dreadfully important it was for him to put mental health on the map. I don't think my mother, she had her own life, I don't think she was very interested in his work. I think that was a mistake. And his second wife was a tremendous help. I mean, she helped him have a second home for patients coming out of a a, a respite home that they ran together. And um, she went all over the world with him to conferences, um, uh, 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 mental health conferences. And it really made me understand what had happened in our family. Mm. So I think that was a, a tremendous Yes, it was, although it was painful reading the letters in a way, because I knew what had haunted him for so long. I also, and I learnt an awful lot about my family.
1: Yes, you can uh, tell from the poems. Um, at, At what point did you actually start to think about writing poems about this stuff? Soon after receiving it, because it was only a couple
0: of years ago that I had this this archive mm. and i wrote the book last year and it's come out this year so I've, I've got this wonderful publisher fair acre press who've helped me and brought out a very nice looking book with this picture of my father wearing an Eton collar he's probably about 8 uh, the the youngest and all three children together before anything went wrong mm. and can't help thinking what a shame.
1: Does this feel like it's complete or are you still reading writing about? No I tend to write I mean I've written five
0: poetry books all completely different. My last one was an ekphrastic sequence about a font in Burnham Deepdale and the one I'm working on now is another ekphrastic sequence about a third of all the poems i write are about art in either uh, either sculpture or or paintings because i've always always um, been drawn to art i have my sister is a sculptor and my brother is an artist and um, uh, even my father was a good painter both my daughters are or were uh, and I'm I'm writing
1: another ekphrastic sequence uh, uh, about a sculptor. So how do you go about turning these paintings or letters or whatever into poems?
0: The letter poems are ones where I read through this vast archive and I had to sort them all out, which was ever such hard work. Um my grandfather dated all his poems. My grandmother, who is a bit scatty, didn't date a single poem. And I, it took me ages actually sorting out, but it meant that I got to know what was happening very, very clearly. And she she wrote in a hopeless in a very bad hand too, all over the place. But and and then I would copy down a few words from the letters that were meaningful and put them on a page and then wait for some sort of form to arrive. And that, that's what I'm doing now with, um, with ekphrastic poems. I'm reading, uh, it's about somebody's life and I'm reading about their life and then I, I start with a blank page and I write down meaningful words and then I keep them by the side of my bed on a file, st- on a, a piece of paper pinned to a file. And sometimes, first thing in the morning, well, first thing in the morning, I was looking at these. And and, and gradually, a form appears from the words, especially from letters.
1: And uh, that uh, leads us on to your writing prompt. It
0: was to do. To... Either look at somebody's letters you know, or a poet there are books of letters by now what's what's the name of my w s graham he 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 writes there are books of his poems i I feel that I knew w s Graham before anybody else did, which was a very long time ago, and i've just received from my stepsister, original letters by W.S. Graham to her father, who was John Hoskin, a sculptor, who lived down in St. Ives with W.S. Graham. And his, looking through his letters, you just see it's pure poetry in fact he was writing letters to practice his poetry so I, I i'm sure that if anybody looked through letters as somebody they were interested in and started writing down bits that intrigued them that a poem would form
1: yeah so that's the exercise uh find some letters from someone um write down lines that interest you and use those to write a poem. Well, you've done this rather successfully yourself. Um, Yes, I have. Um, Well, um, I know a poet and novelist uh, who lives in Australia, and um, uh, we're an occasional correspondence. He's a big fan of writing letters and he uh, sent me several letters uh typewritten on index cards which i've kept because how often do you get something like that uh, in this day and age um so um when you told me about this prompt i uh, dug them out and uh had a go and um uh this is um it's not about him, and uh, not as closely uh, linked to the letters as I think your poems are, but um, I've sort of drawn on the topics and themes in those letters. Um, I have quoted a few lines directly, um, others I've paraphrased, and then there's lines of my own which kind of spring off those. Um, There are also uh, references to the New York uh, film, uh, which he mentioned in one of his letters was uh, his favourite film. Um, So, uh, this is the poem. Dear Isolation, It's just to you and me now. I have long since drifted from the crowd, Left them to their football games and wild weekends. I have risen like an ember into the night, floating from one horizon to the next. The writing marches on, and that's all that matters. I am writing it all, drafting and redrafting to capture the flavour of lipstick, my funkiest shirt crumpled and reeking of tobacco on a Sunday morning, the mud, sweat and rain as we trudged in after the final whistle. The geography of my childhood bedroom. Every scattered comic used tissue and half-eaten sandwich. The very sound of the corona keys clunking beneath my fingers as I type these words, twenty years and not one published. My notebooks pile up like the Manhattan skyline, home to a cast of millions, none of them an extra. I reclaim myself with each line I write. It's a work in progress, but I'm zeroing in. I keep an eye skyward for hidden messages. We are not alone, but if they make contact, we might not have time to decipher their communication. I have no complaints to report. And uh, I, I sent him that poem and um, he uh, said that uh, it makes you realise and understand that the words and connections you send out have the potential to become part of a web of creativity greater than the self, which I think is a nice thought too enter uh, into that uh, mm. exercise with.
0: Mm. Mm. Especially in rather a me-me world.
1: So, yeah, yeah. Uh, find some letters and uh, see what you make of them. Yeah, and uh, it's been great to hear your poems. Uh, is there anything else you have to add?
0: No, it's just, if if you can fit it in, um, I think probably one of the... Um, best poems in the book, it's in Agenda it's just come out in Agenda at the moment is, shall I just, can I just read one of Uncle Ben's balance this is um, about my uncle whom I did just know the one who became schizophrenic in um, middle age it's in four parts the the first part is by him and then they're alternately him and me This is him. The question of Uncle Ben's balance. I was stuck on a tightrope, under huge and leafy trees, weeping for my sister. I looked down, but I wobbled. God, I wobbled. We were all shattered by her shattering. No one guessed the wretchedness. I buried in my head the sting of what I wouldn't admit. My bare footsteps steps along the lines, the damage they bring. Now to me. Gentle, sweet, good-mannered Ben, you read the Bible, end to end. For a brief equilibrium, you moved to the big house. How you loved the grapes that draped the conservatory, the beauties of Bath you pruned, the garden of rocks you hauled up stone by stone. The carvings you chiselled in hardest wood. Catherine was a gift, and your heart drowned in her. As hedge sparrows made love, you towed the tightrope. This is him again. War, and the whole earth cracked. I wanted a trigger. I tipped, I lost my hair. Trees were my hair, whipped stiff, like a blind white lava that couldn't pupate. I was breakable. But I didn't give in. No one knew how madly I gambled. I tried to walk on my hands. Articles went missing. Was it me the gardener saw, wandering aimlessly in town? And me, stuck in some accident of time, you hallucinated. Your face changed shape, the vertigo. You wore a mask, but your body's pain was paper-thin and disposable a shudder under your pale bleached skull a shift in the hollow of your head your heart's stone weighed you down the rope stretched and sagged dropping you um they under my father's direction they tried a tremendous they tried electroconvulsive therapy and a whole lot of other things but it they all made him worse And I I just think of once again of my father watching this brother who had been to Oxford before him, and my father said he was a legend by the time my father went up, because there was five years between them. He started the Arts Club, which apparently is still going in Oxford, and there he was, this crumbling man, in a mental home. So I just think it must have been just so terrible (laughs) Mm, for him, and he wanted to know why, and. That's, that's what was so important. And he kept saying, all this money is given to cancer, but why don't people support mental health?
1: Yes, well, it's a uh, wonderful tribute to those people and um, sheds a bit of light on the, uh, mm. you know what uh, we can suffer um, due to mental ill health and...
0: Well, thanks, thanks for sharing it. Well, thank
1: you for all the work you've put into it, Patrick. I'm very grateful. That was Sally Festing. And please do share your letter poems. You can email poetrynonstop at gmail.com or share on social media using hashtag poetrynonstop. Sally's book, My Darling Derry, is available now with all proceeds going to the Mental Health Foundation. You can purchase it via a link on the website poetrynonstop.com where you will also find other information about today's show. Finally, I'd like to tell you about my trip to Edinburgh last month for the festival. It's great the Edinburgh Festival if you haven't been. There are so many events and performances you can't begin to imagine. Some of the highlights that I saw included Leanne Moden's show Skip, 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 which she was talking about on this podcast recently. That was a story told through poetry and drama, a really strong debut from Leanne. I saw Ollie Watson, a local poet who I hope will join me soon on the podcast. He was doing poems about dogging and much more. And I met a guy called Alexander Rhodes who had an amazing show about how he left the Jehovah's Witnesses in his twenties and became immersed in the rave scene in Plymouth. That was called One Foot in the Rave. That was one of many shows I saw which I didn't even know about before I went up. Those shows along with many others were all free. Any time of day, you could just walk into one of many venues around the city and check out a show without having to pay up front. And as a result, I saw all kinds of shows which I would never normally have gone to. Magic, spoken word, comedy, theatre, and most of them were good, and some were absolutely fantastic. Of course, although they were free, the performers would always be at the back afterwards with a bucket collecting donations. There was no obligation to give anything, but if I'd enjoyed the show enough to stay till the end, I'd always give something, usually about a fiver, because I know how much work goes into taking a show to Edinburgh and how expensive it is. And some of you might be ahead of me here. It's the same with the podcast. It's free, which means it's open to everyone to listen to, which is how it should be but there are costs which I'm currently paying all out of my own pocket. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate it if you could put a five or so in the digital bucket on your way out. You can donate via patreon.com slash poetry or paypal. Links are on the website. And if you can't afford to do that, please spread the word. Leave a review on iTunes, tweet about it, tell your friends, post it on Facebook. It all helps keep the show going. Anyway, thank you for listening to all that and listening to the podcast. And until next time, keep writing.